0: see so much that's going on today and you really don't have to be looking for it to see the battle of good and evil. We see Satan and yet we can still see God. And I don't believe that God is is done with this yet, that he's allowing us to see a lot of this, from eyes to be open so people can turn back to him. We're, uh, we're fortunate that we can be gathered here today. Out in California, they are closing churches. They are shutting off their powers. They are fining people for going there. Because evil is prevailing. It's not about anything else other than closing out God. My wife read to me about a uh, pastor, I believe out in Texas, and he's going there this morning to find a vandalized church that's been tore up, been painted on, and all because he speaks the truth, he speaks the Word of God, and people don't like to hear the truth, especially when it don't fit their personal agenda. Bow with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be here today. Father, we thank you for your your, your guidance, your protection, your love, Father. And we just ask you to open our hearts and minds to receive today's message, Father. We ask you to take myself out of the way and just let your truth shine through. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. So, uh, the title of today's message is The Right Man for the Job. Now, uh, in some ways or another, we've all been part of a hiring practice. Either we've been the interviewer or the interviewee, we've maybe sat on a committee. Um, Even in, in a church situation, you appoint someone to a position. You vote on it. And uh, how it normally would work is, if you were going out for, let's say, a job, you would fill out an application, maybe hand in a resume, and it would list all of your qualifications. And then someone would go through that, and out of these packets of paperwork, they would read over it, and they would look at all the different things, and they would narrow it down to a small bunch. And... Then they would bring them in for interviews, and they would ask questions, give you scenarios, and then they would write down how you respond. Sometimes you might even take a test or perform a, a demonstration. And then once they gather all of this information, both written, oral, and, and, and practical, they sit down and determine for these qualifications, who is the best person for the job? Who will fill the needs? Who will be able to do that job the best? That's the way it's supposed to work. Now, we know that oftentimes things don't always work the way they're supposed to. But the idea is, is to have the, the best man, and when I say man, that's universal, man or woman, for the job, You know there's a thing called overqualification. For instance, a person that has a lot of technical training or perhaps a a high level degree, a PhD, maybe even a, a doctor or someone of that nature would not get a job doing simple sales. They would not get a job being a janitor or working in a fast food chain, because they are overqualified. And the reason that is, is because their skills are not being utilized. They are not going to be content there. And it's not cost effective for the hiring person to hire this person and train them, because they're not going to be there that long. The person needs to fit the job. Now, we all have our assignments from God. And there's been many times that God presents someone with a job. He says, here you go. And they say, oh, no, <laughs> no, not me. An example of this is Moses, Gideon, Ruth, even Jonah. God had something in store for them. And they didn't feel, for whatever reason, that they were qualified, that they could do it, that they could handle it. But in the end, each one of them showed that they were the right person for the job. Because God knows what's on the inside. And no matter what we are doing in life, God knows and God puts us where we need to be. You know I relate to Moses and these fellows because I felt the same way. God said, "Go preach." Like, no, no, not me. And I'm still, I'm still waiting to see how this is all going to turn out to see if I really am the right person for the job. Only time will tell. Now, uh, there's another person I want to talk about today. And that's, that's Paul. Because, of course, we've seen many people that doesn't seem like they're the right person. That doesn't really make sense for what the information we have, what we know. But God has other ideas. Paul was totally against the church. Acts 8 and 3 tells us, For as Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and hauling men and women and committing them to prison. He scattered them. He went above and beyond. He had a past. And then on that road to Damascus, he saw the great light where Jesus spoke to him. And he had that transformation. The apostles had already picked someone else out. They were feeling that vacancy. But God said, no, that's not the right person for the job. I already have someone in mind, someone picked out. And people didn't want to work with Paul. Because they knew his background. They knew what he had been doing. And it's one of these natural human responses to doubt change. Someone says, I've turned my life over to God. And we've seen it. We've... uh, had some celebrities lately that's had a a change of heart we've seen kanye west that went from making a spliced rap to putting out a gospel record and he comes underneath a lot of scrutiny for it because they believe is it really a change or is it something else But with Paul, I believe there's more than meets the eye. It's more than just another example of someone that wasn't qualified, that didn't fit the mold going on to do God's work. See, we look at him and we know that he was a well-educated man. And we know that he did a large writing of the New Testament. And we can see how being well educated, well written, well spoken how that could have came into play. He was a great speaker. Again, falling back on his intelligence, his education level. He was a teacher. He was a leader. We also know that he was a Roman citizen, which we've seen examples of where that came in handy of getting him out of a few pickles and be able to show how God works. And arguably we can say that Paul went through a lot more than any other apostle. He was beaten, stoned, imprisoned, shipwrecked, and he wasn't really well liked. But then we go back again to who he was before. You know, the part that we don't like to talk about, the part that we don't like to mention. So many times in the word of God we don't like to look at the little dark spots. People want to argue sometimes of Jesus's genealogy because they don't like some of the people that's in it. They don't like the questionable ones. They had a questionable past and they want to say, "Oh, that was someone else. That wasn't that adulteress. That wasn't that harlot. That wasn't that bad person." No, not my Jesus. But the fact is that God uses everyone and everything about us. And only He can take these dark areas of our life and turn them into something else. He can lighten them up and He can use them. He can weaponize them and He can power them up and do great things with them. Paul wasn't very well received many times. He wasn't well liked. But that's okay because he wasn't very well liked before. He was used to it. He was a, could I say, a a bad person? He was hard. He was getting enjoyment out of his persecution. He was throwing people in prison and many times they lost their lives. We don't know how many lives were lost at the hands of Paul before his conversion. But sometimes God needs someone like that. He needs someone that can stand up and be tough and be strong. And don't matter what the popular opinion is. We're smack dab in the middle of politic season. I've never been a real big fan of election years. I don't look like looking at all the little campaign signs on the side of the road. And I guess it goes all the way back, because this is just our our nature of, of being human, but we go all the way back to middle school, you know, when you first start Changing classes, where you're part of a a class instead of just a classroom. And they have these things called student council elections. And they put up signs, just like we do now. And they decorate them in bright colors and throw on some glitter. And then they'll even have little speeches that the candidates will give. You know, they run for president and vice president and treasurer and whatever else they do. And they get out there and they make these speeches. We have these little assemblies. And everybody gathers up in the gym and they all stand up there one by one and they tell their little speeches. And I remember some of the things that they would say, how the things they wanted to change. They wanted to put Hawaiian punch in the water fountains. They wanted to put snacks. They wanted to have more free time. All these things that sound grand, but yet it's impossible to accomplish. Because they never have that kind of ability, that kind of a power. And also, too, it's not good for the class in general. It's a bunch of empty promises, a bunch of dreams that can't come to pass. same thing today we hear about what we want to hear what changes need to be made but no real way to execute them and without a plan without a purpose it's not any reality and at least in grade school and and whatnot they didn't allow the, the bashing. The dirt flinging. Well, as an adult, I guess it's all okay. Everything's on the table. And that's all we hear now, is how bad this person is. How bad is what they've done wrong. What they're going to continue to do wrong. Mud slinging, they call it. It's funny how mud is dark and Nasty. Just the way Satan is dark and nasty. We're approaching, picking the right persons for the job. And so many times now, it's not about anything tangible, not anything real. It's what is fashionable. What is the fad? What can you get behind and follow? Because celebrities, they get on there and their social media, they get on TV, and they tell who they don't like and who they do. But no real reason why. And because we love them so much and they are so special to us and we think that they could do no wrong, we blindly follow. Time after time after time, I ask you, what do you believe? And I tell you that you need to know what you believe in. I love it when they go out on the streets and they interview these people and they say, okay, why do you feel this way? And they either don't have an answer or their answer is made up of something that they simply heard that is simply not true. Well, a while back we talked about how we're not going to always get along with everybody we encounter. In fact, that we are probably going to have a disagreement with everybody we encounter that we spend any amount of time with. Because we are human. We are different. And many of us have came up in a working environment and we spend time day in and day out with people that we are required to work with that yet alone we may not like as a person. But just because we don't like someone as a person doesn't mean that they're not good at their job. just because someone did something questionable in their past doesn't mean they're not good at what they're doing right now and just like Paul sometimes the areas of life that they were woven into long ago makes them better to be able to handle what they are doing today. As we move forward and we're looking at who is the best person for the job, it is a big responsibility for us and something that we should not be taking lightly and something we should put some time and some thought into and should not be driven by feelings but by facts. We are men and women, brothers and sisters. We are followers of Jesus Christ. We are Christians. God is our Heavenly Father. And if you agree with all them statements I just made, our number one priority is picking the people that support God that believe in God, that have a strong faith in God, that God is guiding their steps. When a party stands up and says the Pledge of Allegiance and eliminates the Word under God, that's something we should be taking note of. We should be taking note of. When they want to close churches and not let us gather, but down the road we can protest and riot and do these things, we need to take note of who is allowing that to happen. We need to take note of who says that a baby. Unborn is a life. We may not always like the person. But it's not the person we need to be concerned about. It is what they believe. We have a responsibility We need to start wielding the weapon that God has given us, that prayer. We need to come together in faith. We need to ask for direction. If you don't know who the best person is, God does. God knows the hearts of each and every one. God knows the hearts. And God will guide yours. We're divided by political party. And I've never really understood that. Because all throughout history... Since the birth of this nation, we've had great people and we've had bad people come from both sides. And to pick a person based on a check mark or a word printed on a card in your wallet is foolish. To support... Someone just because of an affiliation, that is foolish. That is the same kind of behavior that when Jesus was crucified and the people started chanting, Crucify Him! Crucify Him! We are more than to be part of a party, of a group. We are all individuals serving Under God. We put. Too much emphasis. On people. I stand up here talking to you today. Not because of who I am. But because of who I serve. Without God. Directing me. I am nothing here. I am useless. And that goes for everyone else. We either take our instruction from God or we take our instruction from Satan. We either allow God to use us or we let Satan take advantage of us. Your choice. But as individuals, as people... Without one or the other, it doesn't matter. We are built to serve God. We were made to serve God. And somewhere along the way, we thought we became better than that. Another fellow thought that too. And he fell from heaven. His name is Lucifer. What footsteps do you want to fall into? We get lazy. Do you ever fact check me? When I say I'm reading from such and such, do you ever follow along and see if I'm saying what's coming out of the Word? How about the news? Do we just blindly follow whatever it says? Do we see if there's any truth to it? Or is it just fulfilling something? Are they just telling us what they want us to hear? Used to be there was integrity in the news. That the truth would always come out. No matter what. Newspapers, their integrity lied in the truth. Now we see that newspapers is a thing of the past. We get our information instantly, digitally. Satan has been telling us lies for so long that it comes natural. And we've became so selfish, so self-serving, that morals, truth, all these things can go right to the wayside as long as we can get our own needs serviced. as we move forward stop letting our feelings drive us stop being a pack animal we're not a school of fish we're not a herd of cows just following the lead one we want our individuality. We want our free will when it comes to God. But when it comes to what man tells us to do, we are fine to just follow right along and not even think about it. Why do we oppose God so much? Why can't we not just give Him a chance? We see God as this Buzzkill, this taskmaster that wants us to do all of these crazy things and keep us from doing all these other things. But it's not because we're jumping through hoops for any entertainment. No, that is not the case. That has never been the case. It never will be the case. God tells us everything He tells us because He loves us. If God tells us it is for our benefit, And the more time goes on, the more pieces come together, the more the Word comes alive, it becomes clear every day. If you'll just take the time to see it, to read it, to look at it, to talk with Him, to ask Him to show you the way. Why are we not taking the time? Why is God not a priority in our lives? Year after year, day after day, we allow the world to take more and more of the way, to take more of God out of it and bring more of the world in. And we stand up and we put up with it and we allow it to happen. All the while, we're chipping away at ourselves too. We don't have time to come to church. We don't have the money to pay tithes. We don't have time to read the word. Nor do we have the want. We're embarrassed to talk about God. And we have no faith. We're so scared of being disappointed. So scared of wasting our time. So many other things that we do. It's such a waste. But yet... We can't take a chance on God. We'll try every other gimmick out there to try to get us through this world. But the one thing that's guaranteed to work, we don't give it our all. It is time for a revival. It is time for unity. It is time for us to turn back to God. One nation under God. Those two things need to happen. And we need to find people that think the same way and can make it happen. One nation under God. Bow with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the sacrifice of your son. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for everything that you do, Father. And Father, we ask for forgiveness for how we act, Father, as individuals, how we act as as a human race, Father, and just how we act in general, because we are turning so far away from you. As you have given us everything, Father, and everything's here for us, and we take advantage of none of it. Father, we ask for a worldwide change of heart, Father. We ask for that perfect peace that only you can provide, that can come over us, Father, to heal us as individuals, as churches, as communities, as a nation, Father, for a a mass healing, Father. And there's so many souls out there. There's so much that can be still turned around, Father. We ask that we can start seeing souls turned around, brought back to you, Father, to be saved. We know that time is short and the end is in sight, Father. We want to see just as many can be brought to you as possible. We know that's why you're waiting, Father. We know that That you want to see it too. Father, we ask for the strength to be able to stand up, to do what's right, Father, to be able to to speak our hearts, to choke down our feelings, to stand tall, to stand tall in the in the shadow of that cross, Father. We ask that the chains that bind will be broken. We ask that the needs will be met. That the people will come forward, Father. To drop down on their knees. To ask for forgiveness. We ask for protection, Father. For the the warriors that do stand tall. To speak your truth. For the ground they occupy, Father. We ask you for protection, Father. the ones that want to make that jump. Wanting to make that leap. Wanting to take that first step. We ask for the strengths push on we ask for strong god-fearing leaders father we ask for suppression against the evil in the world today we ask for your love your peace the things that only you can provide father in the name of jesus we ask these things amen